Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. Alexis just started recording while I was in the middle of a thought and just... She knew it was happening, but mm-hmm. she got too excited and kept having spontaneous utterances. I know. We had to start at some point. Yeah. Because otherwise, we could... Honestly, the three of us could sit here and chat all fucking night. Billy's like, what playlist should I put on? And I'm like, we have to work. He's <laughs> Not, like, what, none. what playlist should I put on as we start recording our podcast yeah, for be- some nice because, background music? Because I've gotten so much crap for the music that I play in my house that I, I wanted to appease well when we were complaining about it he was playing you too yeah so i think we have there uh, are the authority to complain here it was where the streets have no names there are a few good u2 songs there's a many good it's a beautiful day oh my god like that one you know we have got to stop the singing on killing time that wasn't singing it it really wasn't recounting (laughs) (laughs) there's so much i really would love anybody to go back in time and do little clips of all the singing we've done Ooh. Yes, a, su- a super great. cut. It's a super cut of all the. Yes. It's, it's usually just me being like, welcome to Killing Time. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. None of us have good voices. I do. I can rap. That's I, not a singing voice. I have an okay voice. You do? You have you, a you have a soprano voice. No. Oh wait, I was gonna say I've never heard you sing, but I have heard you do karaoke too many we times. Did. Yes. Oh right, okay. You did like a Johnny Cash song when, when, I, when I when I do sad songs like Chris Stapleton or like very morose. whiskey and you. Oh yeah, my god, yeah. I forgot about that karaoke session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one that he did in at the Japanese karaoke bar. Oh no, that was a different time. When I when we sang Eagle Eye Cherry, yeah, <laughs> safe tonight. <laughs> We've done karaoke together as a trio a few, a times. few times, and not once has Billy done a song that was not depressing. Right, that's <laughs> true. Brought he just, the vibe down to a zero. Like honestly, hunches over in a corner <laughs> and like turns into a shell of himself, and just I'm like, did you just depress yourself with those lyrics? But then also, just isn't there's no embarrassment. There's no, no. like I feel bad for bringing the vibe down so bad. Billy just like lives in that moment you are so resilient in that way <laughs> and everybody is just kind of standing around awkwardly yeah, watching Billy that's exactly no what I want people to be like oh my god it's so bizarre it's, <laughs> I can't wait to do it again I, I'm looking forward to that if we could capture that essence in, in, a, in, in bottle a bottle it, it, yes. I'd like to and we will sell, sell it, it as, we will as, sell it on our on our on our, on our store uh, yeah the energy of Billy karaoke <laughs> oh I love it yeah all right well any housekeeping Alexis I don't think so. Just keep send us, sending us our stories. Mm-hmm. We're on Stitcher now. That's exciting. Very exciting. Um, I think that's it. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're, yes, we're on Stitcher as a network, but we're everywhere. Yes. So we're a not lot of people on, are asking that. We're not yeah. just on Stitcher. Oh, no. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Google, Podbean. <laughs> yes. Whatever believe, those are. I believe if you yes, if you if you listen if if you put your your head into a uh, uh, you know, a sewer, you might be able to hear us. That's right. Or a conch shell. Conch shell. <laughs> yes. Or you might just hear Billy singing, singing to Johnny Cash, singing Chris Stapleton, Whiskey uh, and You. Oh, so sadly. Today. Oh my God. Get it out okay. of my head. All right, Billy, what? Um, today is a very culty episode. Oh, I can't yes. Wait. I can't wait to jump in. So today, or so Billy, what day is it today? All right. So the dark day. So today is November 18th and in 1978. This was the day that 909 people died slash, I would say, were murdered. Murdered, murdered. Um, In total, 918 individuals died in Jonestown. 
Uh, all but two died from cyanide poisoning. We know that they make, uh, they died from a concoction made with grape flavor aid. Yes, not Kool Aid. It's also where the, uh, the the term "drink the Kool Aid" came from. And uh, you know, the poisonings actually followed the murder of a uh, congressman named Leah Ryan, who had come down to investigate what was going on there because a lot of people's family members were saying. Our family members are not being treated well down in Guyana, which is where the People's Temple went after San Francisco. He came down. He saw what was going on. He went back to his plane. And then Jim Jones, the leader, sent gunmen, shot everybody there, and then said, everyone's going to come get us. We need to kill them, kill ourselves right now. Yep. That, I mean, and we did do an episode on Jonestown far Far long ago. Yeah, and we had Jim Jones Jr. as the first degree, mm-hmm. which is Jim Jones's son. So if you are new to listening to our podcast, that is one. I mean, I was, I did that interview and I was just like, I cannot believe I'm talking to Jim Jones Jr. Yeah. right now. It was Truly, it was, it, I think we underestimated sort of how big that is. Because I know. it's, was, I was like petrified just because I'm like what this person has been through. Because yeah. he at the time was actually not there at Jonestown, he was, um, I think, at a different city in Guyana trying to set up some, some other posts. Yeah. Yes. So yes. he and, uh, you know, I think 20-something others were saved by not being there. Uh, it really is a harrowing story when you think about it from that perspective. And we did do that episode. I think it was around, like, the first year of our podcast. You can go and search when it was. But it was a three- or four-parter, I think. I think three. And... You know, we've grown a lot as a podcast since then, but I still do remember that being such an incredible series. Right. So go give it a listen, and we're going to be diving deeper into Jonestown later in this episode. But until then, we've got some bitching to do. That's right. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? All right, welcome to On The Stand. This is a cult-themed On The Stand, you know, because we're going to be talking a lot about Jonestown. So we each brought an idea, person, place, or thing, whatever, to the table. We're either going to prosecute it or defend it. All culty, culty, cult-themed. I'm going to let Alexis go first. Okay, I'm going to start mine with an anecdotal story that happened to yours truly. So here in Los Angeles, um, we have several areas around town that have several buildings dedicated to owned by associated with the church of Scientology. Yes. So I happen to go to Kaiser Permanente for many of my medical needs. By the way, a lot of these buildings that are owned by Scientology, they don't, we of course have the big ones that say Scientology, Scientology. but I think like in, huge portion of the buildings in Mm -hmm. Hollywood especially are owned by Scientology and you would never know. Right. And they're apartments. But one thing identifier, the curtains are always drawn tight. And I'm like, how are they doing anything in there with no fucking sunlight? Because it's literally like huge apartment complexes they own with with like blackout curtains drawn all the time. And it's part of this like scary sort of mystique about it. And I don't know why they want to do it. Like, I feel like opening your curtains and just looking like a normal apartment. It's like, hey, Scientologists are in there. People would be like, that seems normal. Yeah. But like, Hey, Scientologists in there. It's like, okay, what are they fucking hibernating around? Yeah, it's it's a strange move. But that being said, like, so near my my doctors and stuff, it's a heavy Scientology area, and they hand out like flyers, like come see the Scientology movie, come do a personality test, all these things. So I'm walking around near my my hospital slash doctor's office, 
And I'm dressed like for work. Yeah. And I've got like a collar blouse on and like a blazer and like black pants. And like someone stopped me who was a Scientologist. I was like, hey. And like, <laughs> like did like a Scientology wave to me. And I was like, huh. And then I like looked at my clothes and I looked at their clothes and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and I was like, they, they dress like I dress. Yes. So, um, and I was distraught by this because, uh, I'm not a Scientologist, nor do I want them thinking we're like friends. Yes. Um, so what I'm putting on the stand today is cult uniforms. Okay. I am prosecuting them. Um, I'm not sure this is like a universal thing. I'm prosecuting them for my own personal thing because I don't want to be mixed up with all that. Not only that, what if what if you're dressed in like a, a crimson robe, like a flowing <laughs> robe, and someone's like, wild, wild country dude. It's like, no, I just want to wear this this crimson robe. I was just feeling in the mood for a crimson robe. That's you know? right. That's right. Classic. So I am um, prosecuting uniforms for cults. Now, I mean, I'm sure you would probably know this better than me, but isn't the point of a uniform, it's to strip the, the individuality identity. and mm-hmm. individuality. Did identity. I just say that twice? Yes. <laughs> Extra individuality. Individuality Supersized, squared. Supersized individuality. But it's to strip the identity from people so they're all just conform. It's part of probably the manipulation uh, y- and yes. conformity that's, of that's, a cult. That's another reason for it. Not mm-hmm. just my personal... <laughs> self-absorbed anecdote but yes that is also i also think that is wrong i mean there's a lot of things wrong with cults so (laughs) yes that is yes but i will say that that you know there are certain cults or as we call them uh in my studies new religious movements Mm. that are uh beneficial and people need them but cults yes like what you know sense of belonging and all that oh i thought you meant there's there's cults that certain people need Yes, that's what I'm saying. Potentially, but here's the thing: it's if it, don't you want to be able to see somebody that's coming a mile away, and if they're all dressed the same, it's just like, all right, you know what? Okay, see, those are those people. That's and then that's good. For example, Lularoe. You know, you see one of those coming from a mile away because they're in those ugly fucking leggings, and you know, I know what's, not what's to. What's Lularoe? Lularoe is that MLM that sells the really ugly leggings. Is that like Lululemon, but it's... No. no Lululemon is great. The Lularoe <laughs> leggings are like, they're crazy patterns. They're super bright, really fucking ugly, but they, they're they an MLM that got fucking massive, mm-hmm. but then had all of these massive lawsuits against them. The, There's a documentary it, on, I think, down. Amazon yeah, Prime yeah. called Lula Rich. It's amazing. But... I think it, it's like a warning sign. You got to know just mm-hmm. in case it's a cult that you don't want to be involved in, yeah. which that, is most. But it just depends whose side around. That helps the non-cult members, but really fucks the cult members because it does strip a part of their thing away. Sure, of And course. fucks me because of the confusion here. <laughs> well, so yeah. I'm going to like, yeah. So listen, if you're listening to this true crime podcast, you probably know a bit about cults. You're already in good shape. You're already probably not going to get sucked in. I mean, it's possible. No, you never. A lot of people that get sucked in are intelligent people. Absolutely. Listen, this is your uh, warning. Examine your relationships. Like, you know, you have to check in with yourself and check in with your friendships and check in with the people you're around. That being said, like, we have to pick. Are we prosecuting or are we defending? Because I'm prosecuting for, like, the reason you said, Jack, the identity stripping, sort of the toxic aspects of that for the... um, member of the cult also for myself (laughs) but defending would mean you know for all of you who wanted to see a cult member coming a mile away so what is the more um 
just position to take. I just truly don't know. It's it's kind of abstract when you really think about it. It, it is. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I, prosecuting I them because they look goofy. You know what? I'm I'm saying not guilty. Wear what you want to wear. If you want to wear uh, something, but they don't wear what your, they want to wear. They want they wear what their wearing. cult leader wants to wear. Yeah, but yeah, wants them to wear. I yes. mean, I guess you gotta just hope that you're in a cult that has a cool uniform, like the Source family. Those were great. We did an episode on that too, friends. Mm-hmm. All white robes. I mean, okay. all yeah, it was a great co- great costumes, really. All right, so you guys are. I'm saying I'm not con- guilty. Yeah. Not guilty. Yeah. I'll say not guilty. Yeah. Fuck, you guys aren't even thinking about this. You okay. guys are just All like, right. well, Billy said not guilty. <laughs> I, I said my piece, but it and was you too are, abstract. You are condemning conformists, and yet here you two are. Mm. On to the next not, gu- not right. guilty. Right. I'm, I'm going to go next. All right, go ahead, Billy. All right, so uh, one of the things. Cult leader over here. Yes. <laughs> throwing his, I'm going next. Yes. One of the things that, that we especially when it comes to Jonestown is when, you know, that phrase, and we talked about it in the beginning with the dark day of drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And then there's always someone, particularly as true crime has gotten bigger and bigger. And listen, I was guilty of this very early on because I'm a true crime OG from like 25 years ago. I would have been like, it wasn't Kool-Aid. It was flavor aid. It was flavor aid. Yeah. Now we need to stop that. Okay. So I'm putting that on the stand because putting putting on the stand the sort of idea of one upping people, one upping people, but also one upping people in true crime in a sense where it's just like, does it really matter if it was Kool Aid or Flavor Aid? And the the knowledge of true crime minutia in order to mansplain. Or potentially female spleen, but man spleen something. Female spleen isn't crime. a thing. It's not. <laughs> no. It's weird because you do it all it's the time. It's weird to because me. that's it's mansplaining is a sexist sort of. It's uh-huh. not. It's what not do you a call thing. it when you doesn't correct go both me ways? And, and, doesn't go both ways. What, what do you call it when you do the thing to me? When me be, me doing you a favor so you don't sound stupid. <laughs> 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 okay, so. Not that Alexis's idea was abstract as it is. Now, Billy has even more of an abstract okay, idea. I want to say something. You said that, like, does it really matter flavor aid or Kool-Aid? And I am going to say it probably matters to, to one. To Kool-Aid. No. <laughs> to, to someone to, even more important. Flavor Flav. <laughs> like, Flavor Flav <laughs> wants people to know it was flavor aid. Because he wants an endorsement. No. Listen, I think, I, I, <laughs> I think it matters to cool. Okay, so this, it makes me go back to my OG cult that I was obsessed with as a kid, Heaven's Gate. And it makes me think about the Nikes and mm. how bad of a PR mess it was for Nike the day after the Heaven's Gate mass murder happened. But the same thing for Kool-Aid. Like, they got such a bad rap, and it wasn't even Kool-Aid. Yes, but let's remember about Nike. What is Nike's slogan? Just, Just do, do it. it. Yeah, Where does that bad. come from? The Heaven's Gate quote? No. Oh. It comes from, I forgot the guy's... <laughs> I was like, that's so bad. I forgot the guy's name, but he was a serial killer. And... What? A serial killer was getting, a, a, I think, believe he was electrocuted. And they said, do you have any f- uh, final words? And he just said, let's do it. And that's where Nike got their slogan from. I yes. doubt and, it. And Dan Whedon, who is, who is from Whedon Kennedy, which is the um, the, the, the company the ad company that that created it, saw that and said, I like that. I like the idea of do it, just do it. And that's where it came from. I am shocked. I'm going to have to look that up. And that was uh, going to be my revis- next, that was going to be my I next. I hope you're big right t- about that. That was going to be my next TikTok <laughs> video, but you know, I'm too 
You're so huge on TikTok. I don't, I don't know what to do on TikTok. <laughs> I need, um, I need a, I need a, I need a fucking employee to help me with TikTok. Okay. Anyways, so anyways, <laughs> Nike has a dark ties. Oh yes, allegedly. Wait, yes, that I never knew about until the, just this moment. Totally. That I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to confirm this. Yeah, for the next part of this podcast. Sure. Um, but. So you're on the stand is one-upping people in the true crime world. Yes. Yes, just sort of just just let it be. This is the thing. I think the the Kool-Aid versus Flavor-Aid thing is it's one of those first nuggets that probably anybody learns when they're trying to start researching anything in – true crime that they think is super interesting that they can throw it throw out of yes. the conversation i think it i think it is it is one of those things that just like oh it wasn't that it was that i'm gonna use that at a party i'm gonna wait it's gonna be cock locked and loaded and i'm gonna fucking well, see, though, it on i there. have a bigger yeah. problem with the, it was flavor aid i'd be like they didn't drink the kool-aid they were forced, forced to, to drink, drink yeah. the kool-aid yeah. and it wasn't kool-aid it was flavor aid i mean like i think defending the integrity of no, the victims is more important. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it was also, why don't we correct people instead and say it was fucking murder and they didn't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> you yeah. know what, Alexis, for, for the first time in our careers, <laughs> you were being more righteous than me and I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Okay, so. Guilty. <laughs> Not guilty. Guilty? Guilty. I have to, hold on, sorry. It's, Just like, say, it, it's like a re- la- rhetorical. One-upping one, one people in the true crime world. Guilty. Lady, ladies, put on your uniforms and just say it's guilty. Okay? <laughs> no, not guilty. I one-up people all the time and I have to continue to do it. Ugh. Oh, not not one-up. I just like to know that I just you like, like to be right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I will round this out. Yes. So I'm sure everybody knows Jim Jones, one of his things was he always wore sunglasses. Yeah. We're going to get to it later, the reasoning why. But always, I don't even know if there was any pictures with him without sunglasses on. You probably had dead hollow eyes anyway. Dead hollow <laughs> eyes. So I'm putting on the, the stand the idea of wearing sunglasses in a social interaction. Ugh. Because sunglasses, and of course for Jim Jones, the reasoning for wearing them is to block out your eyes. So nobody can see what's going on back there. Hater blockers. <laughs> Hater <laughs> blockers. <laughs> and when you're in a conversation with somebody... Uh, in the day, especially if you're in the shade and you don't need the sunglasses, you cannot see somebody's eyes. You can't see if they're, they're looking at you. You can't even see if they're alive or not. You know, in the cartoons when they make the eyes really narrow, like this, the evil guy in, Bar- in The Simpsons who do it, Mr. Yeah. Uh, Burns. Mr. Burns. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, I need to know if you're making those those narrow eyes. Like, I need to know if you're processing or, or conniving. You just need to know how somebody's reacting to you. And if you can't see their eyes, what are you going to base it on their nose? And you know what? What if you're fucking crying? And I don't know. <laughs> like, you could be welling up with tears. And that's like, I'm like, oh, I'm hitting a nerve. Like, I need to know that. <laughs> or what if you're like another Simpsons reference? Like when Homer would like go to sleep and then he'd put on like the open eyeglasses <laughs> to make it look like he was awake. So like, how am I know? Like, did you fall sleep at this table <laughs> honestly are you winking at me like is this foreplay like what if i'm yes. what if i'm like hey uh wanna what if i'm with a at a business meeting this person's been winking at me behind his glasses <laughs> i touch his hand to ask if he wants something and he takes it as a green light yes i'm like but you've been making sexy eyes at me yes. through your black black glasses and i have no idea communication starts with the eyes you know honestly and it's a window into the soul it's and the i need as much information as possible i think we should ban sunglasses Unless you're by yourself in the direct sunlight. I agree. Driving's important, especially around five o'clock when you could like <laughs> almost get in an accident because of the sunlight. Yes. Yeah. All right. The beach. So, 
Guilty. A guilty. Guilty. Wow, mine was so concise. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to dive into some Jonestown facts. Mm. Jones in for Jonestown. True crime. Yeah. It's rewind time. So, hello, everyone. Welcome to True Crime. I love how Billy has to say hello, everyone. Well, I know. Why it's not? so nice. Like we're coming off of a, a, an ad, hopefully. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> but um, we are going over the Jim Jones uh, cult, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Go back and listen to our uh, uh, Jim Jones, Jonestown uh, series. It really it was a three-part episode. But we wanted to give you a little bit more uh, insight into Jim Jones. Now. Wait, before we do this, I did look up the Nike thing. Oh. So I wanted to tell everybody. I'd like that. That Billy was fucking right. And this is, do you want to know the history behind the Nike slogan? Okay. Very interesting. I hate, I hate that you started with Billy's right. I know. But here we go. I know. So it said that Nike's Just Do It slogan is based on a murderer's last words. Ugh, the idea, right, but Billy was a little bit wrong because the idea behind mm. the slogan came from a convict facing a firing squad, which is crazy. Okay. In 19, wrong. In 1988, <laughs> Dan Wyden, who's the guy that like was supposed to come up with the Nike yes. slogan, he was struggling to come up with a line that would go viral. The night before he was supposed to to pitch in the final line, he got really concerned about it and therefore stayed up the whole night to think it over. He wrote down five final lines and narrowed it down. But the way that he found it is there was this guy that had murdered some people and he was standing in front of the firing squad and they asked him if he had any final thoughts. He just said, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Weiner said he didn't like, let's do it. So he just changed it to just do it. That's right. So there you go. Oh, it makes you want to get into advertising. Like I feel amped on that. I can't believe, <laughs> I like, that is, I can't believe I never knew that. Yeah. That's such an interesting fact. If only Billy had gotten it right, uh, you wouldn't have had to look it up. He oh, almost God. got it right. I mean, I also didn't believe him. That's why I looked I'm it up. I'm just kidding, Billy. I know. I'm sorry. I just, I do think this is so Also funny. firing squad. Yeah. Well, I think a few states still have a firing squad as an option. That is so insane. Yeah. And archaic. I totally. can't believe that's even no, a well, thing. I think we would probably talk about that at some point on yeah. this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we would want. I'm sorry. You guys carry on. I'll update you shortly. We'll go for it. Yes. All right. right. So. Okay. Back to Jonestown. So Jim Jones actually thought that out of all the people on earth, he was the only heterosexual. Yeah. I think we need to talk about this because his, during like all of his preachings and stuff, he would constantly talk about sex constantly all the time. It was popping up all the time. And he thought, like he said, that he was the only heterosexual mm-hmm. person on, on earth. However, he was having sex with everybody, men, women. I mean, I mean some, somebody, somebody tweeted this you're out You're hella once. bi if you're doing that. Some, somebody, somebody tweeted this out once. I don't know who it was. Us, it was first but, degree? But it was or? just like, no, no. But they said that like <laughs> then who? once in every cult, the leader always said, God talked to me and said, I need to have sex with your wives. Oh, yeah. And it's... It happens over and over and over again because this guy was doing the same stuff. Well, he was saying something like the only way for you to get close to the scripture or whatever I'm preaching or whatever is to have sex with me. Yeah. If not, like if you're having sex with your partner, then you're not going to be able to like be a part of the vibe. Right. So. And we need 
we need to be a part of that vibe if we're in that cult. <laughs> you have to be so part he, of the vibe. And he even he he been told so in his sermons, which were often six hours long, he would talk about sex. Real quick, imagine like the jealousy. Like he knows how to play off jealousy and like people feeling left out. And like women, even if they're married to other people, if it's like this cult leader's attention, like he knew how to make people desperate for him, for his attention, for his approval, for his validation. Like it's such a textbook fucking tactic. Well, that's the, how every cult leader is, right? Yeah. Those- Even though they're fuggly. Fuggly. Fuggos with sunglasses during conversations. <laughs> And insecure, yeah, losers, loser. And even the ones that he did not have sex with, he would say that like while your husband is having sex with you, it's really me that's having sex with you. Sickening, dude. And then what are you a ghost? You're getting ghost dicked by me. Okay. He he also had a schedule. (laughs) Think of me. You know nobody is fucking thinking of you, Jim Jones. Everybody's thinking of Brad Pitt, and that's it. I well back then it would be Burt Reynolds probably. Hell yeah. Do you guys that mustache? That's a thing. Like people actually think of other people. No, I can't. I we'll talk about this later. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I think about Burt Reynolds. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, Burt Reynolds was hot. Hot. Yes. All right. So um, he also loved pharmaceutical drugs. Well, wait. We need to go back to the the sex. What a thing. contemporary man, because this is a very modern day problem. <laughs> yes. No. Back to he had like a secretary that would keep track of all of his sex. And he called it his fuck schedule. No. He used that word? He literally called it his fuck schedule back in the day. I'm like, again, very modern. modern. <laughs> what did he say? Thirsty? She's thirsty too? He's on the that dating That ties into this fla- <laughs> flavor age shit for yeah. sure. He was a sick little fuck. I hate him. All right. So um, his autopsy actually found uh, levels of phenobarbital. Phenobarbital. It says Pinot here, so hmm. it's phenobarbital. Like it's I'm, sure I'm sure it's probably Pinot. Phenobarbital is used to treat things like seizures. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was is, an amphetamine, though, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was maybe a steroid. A sedative. I actually don't want to say. I know it's phenobarbital, and it's used to treat steroids. No, phenobarbital was to reduce sleep and help, it, or reduce stress and help him sleep. So that was a downer. But that was because he was taking so many amphetamines and uppers right. that he had problems sleeping. Sure. All right, so he also had a pet monkey, a pet chimpanzee. Well, wait, we need to go. You're jumping ahead too I, much, I'm, Billy. I, I've got to go. How do I? How can I not go to Mr. Muggs? Mr. But Muggs. We have to talk about the pharmaceutical drugs because this is why he was wearing sunglasses because he was so fucked up on drugs his all the time. His were like dilated at and all And he times. was probably just blinking all the time. His eyes were probably twitching. so dry, twitching. Like Bloodshot. He, you know when you see somebody that's fucked up on coke and you're like, this person's has fucking shifty ass eyes. And their breath is terrible. Terrible breath. I'm sure Jim Jones's breath was disgusting. Jaw fucking moving all over the place. <laughs> Grinding his teeth. Truly awful. <laughs> Telling me about the business they want to start with me. I'm like, I'm good actually. <laughs> I'm cool. But thanks. Thank you so much. Can we just start that? business with you <laughs> see you feeling you wake up i love that this is from a specific <laughs> moment in your life well they always do that it's like what an idea like let's start a website i'm like we're, it's 3 a.m <laughs> go to fucking sleep and you're grinding your teeth yeah so are you much. okay <laughs> so many oh cigarettes smoked in the past 10 minutes <laughs> okay now we're gonna go to mr muggs yes mr muggs was a chimpanzee now apparently jones Sold pet monkeys door to door when he was in Indiana. Yeah, Dark. when he was when he was like falling on tough times, he yeah. was a monkey salesman. Weird. Yeah, so Mr. Muggs actually was shot to death in Jonestown. 
That is awful. They couldn't have even left the monkey like run wild. Yeah, let him go into the live. jungle where yeah, they they're, live. They're literally in a jungle. Yeah. They, that is so sad. I mean, it's all of it disgusting. is horrible. Now Jones also, as a kid, murdered cats. Yeah, his whole thing when he was like a kid is he loved to torture animals and stuff, and then would hold these funerals for all of the kids around him and. He was like loved to celebrate the Did death. Like a sermon. Yes, that was like the beginning of his public speaking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's not a red flag. So, <laughs> not at all. He actually didn't drink the Kool Aid or the Flavor Aid. He actually died from a gunshot wound to the head. And they still don't know if. He shot, he himself, shot himself or somebody else did. Yeah. Which I'm like, how did you not figure that? He out? did it. He's too narcissistic. Like someone else shoot him. And he probably wanted to be the last person to die, I'm yeah, assuming. for sure. Yeah. Yes. So, and if you listen to the, it's so haunting, the audio of oh my that. God. It's so, so it's haunting. We it's included really it bad. in our episode. Yeah. It's so, so haunting. Um, and also, there was only one person that ever stood trial for the Jonestown Massacre. Which is crazy. Yes. There was a guy named Larry John Layton, and he was convicted of conspiring to kill the U.S. congressman and, and the diplomat in the ambush that happened Leo b- Ryan, before yeah. the Leah Ryan. Yes, exactly. So, um, and there was a lot of other things that, that happened after that. Um, you know, when you have people that have joined the... Um, an organization or a cult like this, you're going to have some weird stuff that's going on. A lot of uh, murders, a lot of suicides, a lot of things that... Abuse. That abuse, obviously. Abuse. Yes. Well, there was a lot of just like mysterious deaths even before, obviously, the Jonestown Massacre. Because you literally just get rid of someone. You're like, especially yeah. in Guyana, you know, it's like the U.S. isn't going to come investigate um, uh, if they died by natural causes and some, yeah, no. who knows? No, they did come to investigate and they shot no, him. They did yeah. when yeah. they <laughs> did about the the totality of, yeah. of the fucked up stuff. But if it was like, hey, this looks seems like a natural death here, mm-hmm. but this, it, I don't think they investigated every single thing that happened. No, no. Well, and also like back in before they went to Guyana when he was just preaching and doing all this other bullshit, he was one of those. Like quintessential religious scammers. Like, you know, he would do the thing where he'd get like chicken gizzards and he'd be like, oh, you have a cancerous tumor. I'm going to oh, take it out of you. Oh, and he had the thing, yeah, in the hand. Uh-huh, and then he'd the be like, pull yes. it out of him. And then his, um, yeah. he did this thing with his uh, secretary where he, she would like roll in in a wheelchair and then he would cure heal her. her and then all of a sudden, she would just start running out of the wheelchair. Like, he was just like a quintessential scam yeah. artist con Not guy. Not stupid. Yeah. And then the other thing that um, I was reading that he would do to people is anybody that would doubt him, like, say he was at one of these sermons and there'd be people that doubted him, they would have people, um, like, drug these people that they would just pass out. And he'd be like, see, that's what happens. Didn't he also stage his attempted assassination? I don't know. I think, or am I thinking about a different cult leader? Like, I feel like he maybe did that so that people would be like, oh my God, he survived. Mm. Oh yeah. He would, he would stage all of these people like yeah. defacing their like building or, you know, sending them mail and like all this kind of shit. Crazy. He was just creating this whole world for himself. Yeah. It's mm. so fucking crazy. What a piece yeah. of shit. What a piece True of shit. True nightmare. So now we're going to hear about... 
the worst things that you people have done. And I hope they're not as bad as what Jim Jones did. You guys aren't pieces of shit, no, I don't think. Not. We love you. Well, first of all. But you're bad. Um, firsty worsty coming up. You are a horrible person. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Come one, come all. Firsty worsties, we're fucking here for you and here for this. So before we get into the firsty worsties experiences for this week, we want to remind you of the phone number to call. If you, you know you did a bad thing and you want to confess it, this is the time, this is the confessional, this is a space, I will make you feel better. It's not worse than something that I've done, <laughs> that's for fucking sure. Um, the phone number is 323 323- Five three nine three five one six. I assure you, I'll always have your back. Um, that being said, let's get into numero uno. Let's jump right in. Uh, worst thing I've ever done. This is a, a veterans tribute. So, 1986, I joined the uh, the military, the U.S. Air Force, and I was in basic training, and and it's just like the movie, you know, with the T.I. yelling at you, you know, and all that. And but they also what they also do is they make certain guys uh, in the squad kind of like snitches or you know they'll they'll keep them in charge of you. And the guy that was in charge of me was a real you know a, just a total dick. So every day when the the whole squad would go on a uh, uh, testing or something, somebody would always stay behind and guard the the barracks. So the one time that I was staying behind, I had went to this guy's locker, and uh, I thought I was going to sabotage, you know, undo some buttons, you know, mess up some of his shirts that are folded up and stuff like that. And uh, so when the next inspection came, sure enough, you know, he, the TIs were doing the inspection, and they realized that not only was, you know, <laughs> they came to the conclusion that this wasn't a mistake, but that somebody had sabotaged the guy's locker. So when we're in formation, you know, they're yelling and they knew that the guy wasn't well liked anyway. So they were trying to get down to who, who could have done it. And, uh, fortunately for me, they picked another guy and they shipped him, you know, he had to restart basic, which is like three weeks. He had to go back, wash him out for three weeks. So I felt really bad, but you know, in the end, it wasn't me. So that's the worst. I, I feel so bad. Yeah. Thanks. Honestly, those last words you said, I feel so bad. Like Aww, that resonates. I, I feel that kind of guilt when I do anything wrong. That being said, like, thank you for your service. Thank first you for of your all, service. Absolutely. Uh, I can't, I can't even imagine the difficulty of various aspects of military service. And I think it, you give some very valuable context in that, like, I'm going to mess up some buttons on his shirt. I'm going to like, it's so I mean, innocent, it's so but I know it's innocent. a big deal there. You know, yeah. it's like your shit has to be perfect. They're teaching very regimented. They're enforcing it. So like the, the act itself is not bad, but I know in that context where it's like, oh no, I fucked up his locker. Even though you didn't deface anything, you like, no, you just rifled, rustled his clothes. Rustled his clothes. <laughs> and I love that you're like, I feel so bad. That being said, no, he feels so bad because the other guy got the, <laughs> I was getting there. Um, listen, your friend, well, Sorry, not your friend. This person who took the rap for your rustling of clothes, three weeks is a blip 
in the span of a life. And honestly, it's character building to do boot camp oh my twice. God. Oh my no. God. No, no, That's no. right. No. You know, the whole time I was thinking about this, I'm like, is this how it feels like when you have a two and then you blame it on somebody else? That's never happened to me. Because <laughs> no, Alexis does not... For everybody things. else in this world, except for Alexis, that has ever had a two no, blamed it on it, somebody it, else. No, it's not that. It, this is kind of is. Oh my god, having to do basic all over again. That's oh, he what, probably that's, was shredded. He was probably it's shredded. Rough. That sucks. Oh, because you've been to basic. No, but <laughs> I would never want to be to basic. That's a thing. Well, listen. But doing it twice. But here's geez. the thing: he never expected it to get blamed on someone else. Like, how do they even? This is my question for you. And if you want to call us back, I wouldn't be mad. How do they even deduce that it was this other person? Yeah, I need to know more. Like, how? How did they blame? How did that person get blamed? Like, uh, you know, what evidence did they have? What kind of sort of mm-hmm. witch hunt was this? Where it was like it was that guy <laughs> for it, what? And who knows? Maybe he had a different sergeant. Like, and it really ended up making it was beneficial for his yeah. life because he didn't have to go back to this asshole guy. And also, what does being an asshole dick like? How does that? it's not making anybody's life better. No. And apparently it's like, you, you obviously, this guy was a dick. So there were guys who were fair, fair. You know, I think fair is something we can all strive for. It's like, you don't have to be a a people pleaser, nice person, but fair is not being a dick and fair is not being a pushover. Like there is a balance. And I think this is sort of a moral, like you don't have to throw your weight around to, to feel um, above anyone uh-huh. or, or have power. It's just like fair people respect so much more. That being said, you should forgive yourself. I'm sure this dude who did boot camp twice is way <laughs> fucking over it. This was 86. Um, and you know what? He probably oops. made something positive of it. Big oops. That being said, we support you. And again, thank you for your service. So here's my story. Um, I This happened in the 70s. I went to school in a really small town. Uh, there was a girl that I went all the way through school with, um, first grade, graduated, and she belonged, her parents were teachers, so she got away with murder. She bullied people. Um, she got things she didn't deserve. She was bad at sports. She got everything, sports, cheerleading, and um, I just couldn't stand her, you know, to talk to her, you know, if you had to diarrhea of the mouth. You couldn't get her to shut up. You learned all sorts of stuff you didn't want to know about her. And um, I just kind of had had enough. Um, We had a junior-senior picnic in our tiny town, and just only juniors and seniors would come. And I knew that this girl, she was real thin, and she could eat anything and everything, all sorts of sugar and stuff. I had to watch my weight all the time. So I had my mom bake a sheet cake, a chocolate one, with really thick frosting, except for one corner. I found a secret ingredient that I wanted to put on there, and it was a box of x black chocolate. So I melted it, and I put it on the corner, and I proceeded to take the cake to the junior-senior picnic. And I knew that she would make a pig of herself. So I cut out this nice big piece that I made just for her. And I took it over and I said, oh, I know you would want a piece of this. So here, I'll, I'll just give it to you at a time. 
And she was all excited because she's so much more important than anybody else. So I watched her eat it. And um, I was kind of really happy with myself. And then we had a track meet the next day, a pretty important one. And she had diarrhea the the night before the track meet. And then the whole day of the track meet, she didn't, needless to say, she didn't do very well. Um, but I was really happy. Number one, she couldn't compete, and I didn't have to listen to her. But um, I was getting ready to leave school, and I thought that I um, would get back at a few of the people that had not made my life easy. So I don't, I don't know if it's the worst thing I've ever done. I, and looking back, I don't know. I still don't feel bad about it. So there you go. Bye. Well, what I will say is that um, this is sort of a benign result. In that, like, yes, she was sick for a couple of days. She had diarrhea, really uncomfortable, really unpleasant, you know, unpleasant. <laughs> that being said, um, I, I need to caution everyone who does or has considered doing something like this. Like, you don't know people's medical conditions. Mm. You don't know how their body could react to something like that. And you never, like... What if they also decided to get crazy drunk that day or took a medication they haven't normally taken in it and it meshed poorly and they died and you then were in culpable mm-hmm. for their death? Like this is something that is a risk and you got very, very lucky in that like nothing more serious happened. Um, I've, I feel like I heard a horror story relating to something like this before. That being said, it is, you were also in high, high school and this is a very, um, it sounds like it's out of a movie. Yeah. And it's, it, it also went fine. Like she, she sounds like a bitch Yeah, and she it sounds like you got some like karmic retribution. That being said, it's like toying with people's medical stuff is always a risk. Um, and in this case, this is sort of like a wholesome prank and it didn't go sideways. So I think you should. You don't even feel bad, so I don't need to absolve you. <laughs> no, I love that at the end. She's, yeah, she's like, like, I, still I don't, don't know feel if bad. this is the worst thing I've ever done. I don't feel bad. So, I mean, and, thanks and, for calling. And you don't need to because nothing horrible happened. For for how terrible of a person you say she is, this is really nothing. It's a blip. She doesn't remember it. Um, and, But I think, you know, she also doesn't connect that incident with her being a terrible person. So it doesn't teach her anything. So I think it's always best if you can confront something head on. That being said, she didn't mean that much to you to even do that. All I'm saying is like what you did wasn't so terrible because the result wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, if she had died, yeah, I mean, it would be terrible. Uh, and I, I, I and then they'd probably be like, what's all this X-Lax doing in her system? Dun, dun, and then they're dun. like, who had X-Lax? And then who made the cookies? Yeah. Brownies. Yeah. Brownies. She cake. That being said... You feel fine about it. She's fine about it. No harm done. Mm, don't do it. But word to the wise, mm, don't put uh, x lax in people's shit. You were also no. a kid and it was the 70s. So you know what? Absolve yourself hypothetically if you, you ever feel forgiven. bad. You are forgiven. You don't even care, which is good. I, I love your confidence, frankly. And I wish it was me. <laughs> All right, Alexis. It is that time. And uh, little birdie told me that I think you have a little cult-themed stanza for us. Okay, well, I was trying to channel, like, what kind of cult George Costanza would want mm. if he was the cult leader. So here we go. <clears throat> Let me put beverage real quick. <laughs> okay. If George had a cult, what kind of cult might that be? Would his followers dance naked and chant round a festivist tree? <laughs> 
They sing little songs making George feel important, subjecting his members to pain that's abhorrent. Mm. Demean them with acts of humiliation, force feeding, head shaving, <laughs> threats of eternal damnation. He'll slowly turn his members into little George clones. He'll be the neurotic, balder, fatter Jim Jones. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> well done. You like that? You yes. haven't reacted the whole time. It was it was well done. You're looking yes. away. <laughs> you haven't even looked at me. I'm just, I just He's in disbelief. Are I, you taking I, it in? I, I don't want to look at you after that. He's in disbelief. Well, it's hard to be in the presence of greatness. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.